Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hello, Kat here. I am live. So I have a special guest today, and if you read my notes, you'll know. Uh, Stacy Tushel is going to be with me today, and she is CEO of uh, Foot Traffic Formula. And she has some really cool things to talk about in regards to her own personal experience, but uh, helping businesses in a recession, which is awesome and something we all need today, right now. Um, before I bring her on, as if you, this is the first time you're catching me live, just a reminder, this is social media. What does that mean? That means engage, leave a comment. Let me know if you are watching the rebroadcast or if you're watching it live and where you're watching from. Uh, and then any questions that you might have for Stacy, um, I will uh, in the comments leave her contact info so that you personally can reach out to her and ask her questions as well. So let me bring on Stacy to this broadcast. Hold a moment. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Kat. I'm so excited to be able to do this today. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Okay, so before we get into the nitty, oh, I love it. People are joining already. Before we get into the nitty gritty, can you give some people background about you, what you do, and a little bit about your story? Yeah, for sure. So I um, grew up dancing, and in high school, I was very excited to continue that passion, but it was never going to be a business for me. So I decided I was going to start something for fun on the side, teaching middle schoolers how to dance while I was attending uh, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, going to get a degree, going to get a, a real job, a regular nine to five job. And that first summer I had 17 kids sign up for my dance team at, and it was held in my parents' backyard for free, for fun. And within three years, I had a hundred dancers coming to my parents' backyard. So thankfully I grew up in a small business. My family, my parents, my grandparents, my uncle, Everybody works together. Uh, we have an excavating company. So we dig basements for houses here in Wisconsin. And the, the, the business has been around for 50 years. So I grew up watching my parents and grandparents run a business. So thankfully, because of who they were, they said to me, I think you might have a business here. I think we can start charging <laughs> these dancers. Maybe get out of the backyard. Maybe let's get over into a space you rent or something and, and let's do this. So um, I ended up my junior year in college, I decided to rent a space, start, you know, charging for these dance classes. And um, I wanted to quit school. But my dad said, Nope, you're a junior, you're finishing, you're so close to getting done. So I did graduate. 
but I immediately started working on my business. And, you know, the backyard story was 18 years ago. It'll be 19 this summer already. And I still own and operate a performing arts academy here in Milwaukee. I actually have two, one in Oak Creek and one in Franklin, Wisconsin. And I don't teach dance anymore. I strictly work on building the team and leadership and uh, growing the business. And because of that, uh, I had a lot of people start to ask me, how are you building this so quickly? Now we have a thousand dance and music students that come to us every week. The business has multiplied, you know, year over year. And I just started consulting other businesses. And that's kind of what has led me here today. So it's so fun to be able to share what's worked and what hasn't. It helps save people from headaches and extra expenses and things they don't need to waste their time doing. That is awesome. That's awesome. So when I did some research on you, you have many titles because you are a speaker, a coach, you're a writer. So do you want to like expand on the different yeah. things that you're doing? Because that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. And I don't want anybody thinking you have to do all of the things. One of the things that I always remind people is, I have that performance background. I love, you know, to be on stage. I love to do like things like this. This is my performance, you know, in my thirties, back in, in when I was in high school, it would be on that stage dancing. So I love it. Like this is my zone of genius. So yes, I love podcasting. I love, you know, producing all of that. Um, but I think the big thing is I have a message and I have a passion of sharing with other business owners what I've built and how they can build that too. And it doesn't matter what medium that comes through, whether that's a book, whether that's blogs, right? Yeah. Whether that's a Pinterest article, it doesn't matter. It's really just trying to get my message out there as much as possible to help as many small business owners as I can. That's awesome. And that's amazing. So the name of your company is foot traffic formula. Yeah. So how did that, why did you call it that? I mean, what, is there a story behind that? Yeah. So, um, first when I started to decide I'm going to consult, I'm going to step into this space five years ago, I had no idea what I was doing, who I was going to talk to, right? It was just me experimenting and finding my voice and finding who resonated with me and who I could help the most. And one thing that I realized was having that word foot traffic, it goes back to my roots of owning a brick and mortar business, right? Foot traffic to people, it just might mean marketing. They might see it and they think, oh, it doesn't mean real foot traffic. It just means, you know, people in the door. Mm -hmm. But that brick and mortar business owner is going to see that. And she, he or she is going to know it's really having that foot traffic in your building. Now, I serve both brick and mortars and online because I have both. Naturally, I track both of them. But a lot of my audience will be somebody that has a brick and mortar. Um, or that wants to take their brick and mortar and transition online, especially with what we've seen, you know, March 2020 and beyond. So um, that's kind of where I found that word. And I thought, I love marketing. Marketing is absolutely my go-to of what I teach. And I wanted something to kind of have that brand name that would explain or suggest marketing in the title. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So because you're busy or you have a lot going on. So one of my questions to you is what's the difference between being busy and being productive? 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, they will look at somebody who's successful and they think they're doing all the things. So I need to do all the things too. I heard they work evenings. I heard they work weekends, right? You've got to hustle. You've got to hustle hard. There's so many things that we hear online that starts to put these ideas in our head, right? Yep. You want to make sure that you're producing results and not just putting in the work. So it really, you know, I've worked 10 hour days where I've gotten nothing done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've worked one hour days where I have crushed, you know, I've, I've produced so much. So we have to get out of our head the idea that the longer you work, the better it is. It's about the quality and it's about what outcomes are you producing with that time. So look at your calendar you know, go back a week, the last week and ask yourself, where were you being busy and where were you being productive? And then how do we put more of the productive time on next week's schedule, right? And yeah. how do we strip the busyness and start to say no, start to maybe reschedule some things that just don't have a place on your calendar for next week or in the near future? All right. And you know what? This is a great conversation now because people are making changes, planning, strategy planning, you know, and what have you. So this is really great. Um, so are there any systems that you have uh, in place to help, you know, you balance work with family and things like that? Because it, you know, it does sound like you have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so before I answer that, what I want people to hear is because, yes, I run two businesses. I'm a mom of two little girls. I have a five-year-old, a seven-year-old. I'm a wife. I, have a, I do have a lot going yeah. on, but I have a lot of people helping me, right? So I have been doing this, I said, almost for 19 years. It's, it's crazy to even think that's possible, but I have built a team with me. I have been great at I great now, not in the beginning mm -hmm. of asking for help, delegating, yep. right? So what you are seeing of me doing a lot, yes, 100%, I get a lot done, but I also have a great, amazing dream team behind me, helping me holding my hand through that. So please know that. Um, Yes, when you're talking about systems in a business, they're just as equally as important as systems in your home, right? So I mm -hmm. run, I mean, I'm very structured and I know people will go, oh no, I'm carefree. I like to just like roll with it and see, but I will tell you that freedom comes from having that structure, right? I have more freedom than I've ever had in 19 years because of the structures and systems and rhythms and routines that I put into place. So I encourage you to definitely consider what you could be doing, but just little things. Um, when you have a frustration at home of you open the refrigerator and it's always empty, you've always like, you haven't you know bought the groceries, you haven't meal prepped, you haven't fill in the blank, right? Ask yourself with that frustration, what is the system for that? And you might think there is no system. It's go to the grocery store. When I remember I have purchased nothing and my fridge is empty, right? How do we make a better system? How do we start to say, okay, you're going to online grocery shop every Tuesday and Friday, and we're going to put it in your Google calendar as a reminder, right? So that yeah. there is never an empty fridge. So those are little things that I want people to really understand that your personal life 
is affecting your business. And if you are swamped, you are just constantly keeping your head above water. You're missing things for your kid's school, right? You're missing deadlines. You're, you're, you're not turning things in. What can you do to put those systems in place to make sure that you're just that one step ahead, right? Um, one of the, one of the things that my kids have at school right now is they have to turn in this book it reading form where they give it to us January 1st and I have to turn it in January 31st. <laughs> Remembering 31 days later that this thing is magically due, right? It's not that easy, but I know, okay, maybe in my Google calendar, I can say January 27th, make sure we fill it out and then put it in the kids folder to turn back to school. Those little triggers or reminders will set you up so much more for success because if you're not doing things personally, you might be working today and you get a text on your phone from school or from whoever, hey, you know, Tegan didn't turn this in and she needs it. And then it stresses you out and you're trying to do all of these things during your work day. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but oh, it's yeah. sometimes too, where I'm like, shoot, it's bike day and we didn't bring her bike to preschool. And now somebody has to run to get this bike there, right? Things like that pop up. Oh, yeah. The disruption is like part of an entrepreneur's life, you know, and especially if they do manage a house and home and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah, I can totally relate. And I, I love the, those examples. Those are great. Uh, okay, so the pandemic threw a lot of people off. I mean, I for for, for one, it definitely threw my business off. I, th I don't think there's, um, there are probably very few people that are fortunate that it didn't throw off. Yeah. Um, is there a way to have a system? in place as a standby for like unexpected things because you know we're going into 2021 we don't know what to expect nobody mm -hmm. does yeah well i think that 2020 taught us that we need some white space on our calendar for the unexpected <laughs> i was not prepared for a pandemic i was pretty jam-packed in my calendar I knew what I was doing in March. I knew what I was doing in April. And then all of a sudden this curveball, you know, I own a brick and mortar that was forced to be shut down. Right. I definitely had some curveballs that I was not expecting. So I think the big thing was people, I, I always heard the phrase like leave room for magic, like leave room for that creativity. Well, I also think we have to leave room for the unexpected or for when the ball does get dropped or for when something all of a sudden comes your way that you are just not prepared for, that you might have to put fires out that day. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if, if you can really look at your calendar now and ask yourself, um, what, what does it look like? Is there room? Is there some time that I would be able to put out a fire today that I would be able to creatively strategize and think what I would do or what this would look like. If we are just jam packed nonstop, you're going to run into problems because there's always something unexpected that comes your way. And I also think too, you know, I've learned this past year that I have to start to raise my boundaries, raise my standards of what I say yes to and start to get better at saying no or not right now or pushing things back. You know, it's okay to say, I love to be on your podcast, but my, my earliest time, you know, is in 90 days from now or four months from now. It's a yes. It's just, I can't do it right this second, but I'd love to help you in Q3 or Q2 right. or whatever that looks like. We've, I think a lot of us feel like we're letting somebody down to say no or not right now because we're like, oh, they're asking for a favor. They need us. They, yes, but you need you too, right? Right. 
your business needs you. And if you're always saying yes for everybody else, you're going to run into some big trouble. And I definitely had said yes to too many things. And I think the last thing I'll share is even if you've said yes and you've pre-scheduled yourself and something unexpected happens, it's okay to send that message to say, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to postpone this. I'm going to have to reschedule, right? right? Really looking ahead and saying, what needs to go right now? I had to do that at the end of the end of March for sure. Yeah. Stacey, I just have to say, I love your energy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Um, so I'm just curious, as a brick and mortar owner, what was one of your biggest challenges because of from the because I'm I'm sure you work hard, but I'm just curious because you personally affected me being affected everybody, and you do have a brick and mortar. I didn't. So, what was a big challenge? Yeah, the big challenge was I think the big lesson I learned was really knowing my numbers, knowing. Yep where I needed to be and then what needed to happen when we all of a sudden dropped 20% in revenue. I mean, I have been in business for so long and every year we would beat the next year, every year for the last 18 years. I can't even fathom the idea of going down one year, right? That just yep. wasn't the way that, that I had worked or that we had run our business. And all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 here you go, figure it out. And what we realized was, um, I mean, really blessing in disguise, not that I would ever wish to do this again, but it, it really has made me stronger. But I realized that it's not just about the gross revenue, it really does matter what the profit margin is, what the expenses were, and how do we, if we just drop 20% in revenue, how do we drop our expenses to match it? So the fact that we could certain months be exactly where we were a year prior on the mm -hmm. profit margin scale, but have dropped significantly in gross revenue, my mind was so blown and my team just kept saying, how do we stay this lean? right how do yep. we stay this smart and this just like like scrappy how do we stay here when those numbers start to come back to us as people start to feel more comfortable sending their children to dance right so i think for us we started we had to make hard decisions i mean we went through the credit card statement i'm talking like the day we were shut down <laughs> and we said what are we getting rid of i mean we called every company you could think of and say stop our dumpster. Like yep. we don't have people coming. We don't need a dumpster. Like, right. please do not pick up garbage. <laughs> and, and it sounds so silly because that might be a $70 a month bill, but for us, every dollar mattered. And that's, what we yep. kept saying to our team is we have to be conscious of what we are spending because what we are producing has changed. So yep. yeah, that was, that was an eye opener because I think we've been so focused on beat last year's number, but top of the, the top line, you know, hit yeah. the higher gross, hit the higher gross. And now it's, it's like, what have we been doing this whole time? I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that it took me 18 years to figure out that we were looking at the wrong number. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. And I love what you just shared is I can relate. I think a lot of people who are going to tune in or who are tuning in can relate in that, you know, everybody went through and saw what do I cut out immediately so that I can salvage this or hold on to any ounce of it or any ounce of hope. Okay. So this leads, this is a great question that leads into uh, fear holds back a lot of people. 
Can you share uh, three ways people work through fear? And and fear is a big thing. And fear probably was big in 2020. Yes, more so than ever. And I think the biggest thing to realize is that fear of the unknown is totally normal. It, when you're nervous about what is to come and we have no idea what's to come and we just getting, you know, we just keep getting hit left and right. And it's like, mm-hmm. when is this going to stop? Right. Fear of the unknown is normal and it's okay. But I also want you to realize that it can be paralyzing. And the best thing you can do is to keep moving through it. Right. So in, if you're thinking I am feeling stuck, I hear that a lot with business owners, right? They'll, they'll say like, I'm just so stuck. I just don't know where to go next. I just don't know what to do. And the best thing for you to do when you're stuck is just to try to put something out there to see what sticks, what's working, right? So don't let that fear paralyze you. Know that, yes, it will be uncomfortable to try something new because you've never done it before. So naturally, it's a little nerve wracking, you know, to to do something new for the first time. But that is the only way to get through that uncomfortable stage. You will get more comfortable by doing so. My my little ones, they actually didn't dance. Uh, They took a little break. We were they were not dancers last year. And then this year they decided they wanted to start dancing again. So my seven year old and five year old, I was driving in the car and they're having a conversation in the back seat. And the five year old is saying how nervous she is. She doesn't want to go on stage for recital. She's so scared. She's never done it before. And the seven year old says to her, um, Tanner says, you know, you just got to do it once and it'll get easier. And then the next time you won't be as scared. And then the next time you'll be less scared. And she's like, I've done it a couple times and I'm not scared at all now. <laughs> and I'm listening to her. I'm like, can I record you and give this to every business client that I, that I coach? Because that's exactly what you have to do. You have to do it anyway, even though you're scared. Right. And then you have to keep doing it until your confidence raises and you will be more comfortable. But the only way we get through it is to do. And that is a lot harder than it sounds. Right, right. No, that's great advice. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So can you explain what resourcefulness is? So when I was writing my book, The Implementation Code, I started writing it, um, I want to say the end of night 2019. So when I get to the chapter already titled resourcefulness, I kid you not, it is the week of like March 17th when the the, at least Wisconsin was shut down that week, right? So I'm having to write, I mean, talk about timing (laughs) and how scary that is, but I'm having to write the book, the chapter on resourcefulness while I have had to be the most resourceful I have ever had to be. Um, And I bring it up in the book because it's hard not to, you know, we're in this pandemic. I've been through recessions before. I understood what that felt like, but I had never been forced to close my doors. And that made me have to get really, really scrappy. And I had to start to look at what is plan A, what is plan B, what is plan C? In the meantime, plan A already failed. So then we had to bring plan D in, right? And then people are working through plan D and E and then something else. It's just, and then all of a sudden the state would change the strategy. So then half of the plans didn't work at all. And I think for me, it was just really understanding that you just have to keep going until you find something that works, until you find an answer that you can then experiment with and try, right? Right, right. Uh, 
we um as a dance studio we typically host a big recital in june that has anywhere from four to five thousand people it is a massive revenue generator for us as we head into our slow season of july and august and it basically funds what we need to produce for for a very slow two months for us well all of a sudden we think it, well it's a fact at that time you couldn't hold indoor gatherings big enough for what we were looking to do so i think one of the things that happened was at the end of this story is we were one of the only people that held a recital for our dancers um, but we did it outside and i think one of the things that i look at that story and i think how did that happen how were we the only ones that thought to do that and make that happen. And it was because it was never an option to not host the recital. It was wow. never an option to say, oh, well, the state said we can't, so we're not. We said, the state said we can't do it inside. How do we make this happen anyway? Right. How do we, you know, spin this or do smaller groups or so we we're calling school districts and asking for their gyms, calling churches, asking for their stages. And um, one of my team members actually called um, an outdoor pavilion and said, you've got a stage. Can we rent it? What does this look like? And the reason it actually happened was because I just said to the team, you know, here's what we're doing and here's what we need to do. And because they knew it was never an option to say it's not going to work, they just kept hunting. And then somebody, not me, but somebody on the team found the answer, right? That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just keep going, keep trying, find something yep. different. And it's hard because you think, well, the way that I used to do it was X, the way mm -hmm. we've always done it was Y. Right. And now we're trying to replace the same thing from 2020. But unfortunately, some of us, we can't replace the same exact thing. We have to do something different and thinking outside the box when you have done something one way, dozens and dozens of times, it's so difficult. But that's where you have to say, listen, we're starting from scratch here. It pretend the other way didn't even exist. And right. let's figure out how we can make this happen. And that's when we were coming up with amazing ideas that we would never have come up with before if we weren't like forced to do that. That is awesome. Okay. So you, you um, touch on focus. And is it okay to focus on more than one thing at a time? So this is a big one because we have, a, especially we're recording this in January, lots of goals, lots of ideas <laughs> for 2021. Some of us feel like we have to, you know, make up for our 2020 right. goals, right? So we've got two years we're cramming into this year. And what I will say is the more you can dial in to what you want to do, the more you can have that laser focus, the mm -hmm. more you will produce. Now, another thing to consider though, is if you want to do all the things, then that means to me, you have other people helping you do that. So yes, do I have more than one goal for 2021? Uh, you bet I do. <laughs> I've mm -hmm. got lots, but I have, you know, 45 employees in one business and 13 in the other. So if I gave every single person a goal in those businesses, you see how I can produce so much more than a solo entrepreneur, right? Yep. So as a solo entrepreneur, and I was one for many years, you've got to really ask yourself, what do I want and what am I shooting for? 
And then moving forward, as you start to grow the team, as you're, you know, you start to grow the business, you get to then say, okay, what is your goal that you're going to own on the team? And then you get to start to grow that. So um, one of the books that I love, I don't, I don't know if you read it, Kat, is The One Thing. It Mm is such a great book, really helping you get like, come back, like reel yourself back in. You've got all the shiny objects going on. How do we stay focused? How do we simplify? And how do we go all in with that one thing? That is the biggest thing that I see people struggle. They've got six goals and they're kind of over here and they're kind of over there. And then what do they produce at the end? A whole lot of mediocre work. Right. Or they spin their wheels. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is so awesome. Okay. So when someone feels overwhelmed with their to-do list, what's the one thing they need to do? (laughs) So I think the biggest thing is, again, really taking an assessment of what is working or what has been working and what hasn't. We, if I looked at anybody that's watching right now, if you gave me your calendar, and we worked through it together, I can guarantee you we could scrap quite a bit of things on that list, right? Or minimize, maybe you think you need to give yourself an hour for this specific task, but we could go to 30 minutes and you'd be fine, right? Right. A lot of times the project, it takes as long as you'll give it, all right? So really understand that. If you're giving something two hours and you're wondering how do you get more productive, give yourself an hour to do the same amount of work And the way that the pandemic proved that so many of us had to do things right Um, in in such a shortened amount of time. I think they said like Best Buy. I'm please do not quote me on this, but (laughs) I think it was Best Buy that was trying to do this curbside pickup. They were like experimenting in 2019 for like 18 months or something crazy. And they just couldn't find a rhythm or figure out how to do it. And then like. When the pandemic hit, I swear the statistic was like they rolled it out in a, in seven days among like dozens and dozens or maybe hundreds of stores across the United States, right? You will take as long as you'll give it. When we didn't have the time, we made it happen faster. When you have the time or you give it a year, it'll take a year. So really assessing on your calendar, what am I giving too much time for? How do I start to shrink what I'm doing, right? Uh, Maybe if you're somebody that does something like this, like Kat and I, and you give an hour to be interviewed on a podcast, maybe one of your boundaries is, hey, I've only got 30 minutes. I've only got 45. And you start to shave off 15 minutes. You start to shave off, you know, a little bit of time for those team meetings and start to get more productive. You'll start to see you, you don't have as much as you think you need to get done in a week. Right, right. Okay, so as we wrap this up, I want to talk about your book because you do have, is this a new book? Yes, this is a book that um, came out um, just a few months ago in the last like 90 days or so. Okay, so it's called the Implementation Code, Unlock the Secret to Getting It All Done. So it sounds perfect. (laughs) That sounds perfect. So um, how do people get a hold of this and what's in store for them? Yes. So um, first you can go right now. We have the book for free. You just pay for the shipping and handling. So you can go to implementationcode.co forward slash free book. That's where you can grab it. What's in store for you is designing 
your implementation code, right? This isn't my method and the way that I do it. And therefore, Kat, you need to copy it to a T. This is, here are some things that I have done to really get more productive. I want you to look at it and assess how could this work for me? Oh, I like this chapter. This is going to work for me. Ah, chapter two, this isn't a strategy I want to incorporate, right? Really starting to ask yourself, what is my strategy for accomplishing more in 2021? How can I start to um, do less better? How can I start yep. to stop the mediocre results and really go all in? That is what this book is all about. It's not about getting it all done. It's not about, it's about getting rid of half of the stuff that you think you need to be getting done, right? And really getting the important stuff done. Right. And I, you know, I always tell any of the people that follow me that, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, whatever it is that your hat you're wearing today, you have to always educate yourself and equip yourself. Knowledge, knowledge is power. Knowledge also saves you money. Knowledge also does so many wonderful things for you and your business and your family and what have you. Um, so, um, Stacey, who is a great client for you? Like if someone was watching today and they're like, wow, I love what she's saying. Yes. So I have two different types of people I typically work with. Number one is that traditional brick and mortar business owner looking to get more customers in the door, looking to drive more traffic. The second person is somebody that maybe that brick and mortar wants to transition online. I have a lot of people that are looking at the online business or online space that I have and say, okay, I want that. It's time for me to have more freedom, let go of my, you know, primary location, travel the world, do whatever it is and be working remotely. So I definitely have two different types of people. My sweet spot though, is marketing and setting mm -hmm. up systems and automation for sure. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, yeah. And so people can get a hold of you. I put your website link in the crawl that's strolling around. It. Uh, is there any special offer or anything besides the free book? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say definitely check out the book. That's probably the best place if you want to do more implementation. If you're looking for more marketing strategies, I do these five-day boot camps, and we have one coming up, I think, next week. Um, and that okay. is stinksytushel.com forward slash traffic. So if you're looking how to drive more traffic, I teach like free or low-cost ways to drive traffic because not everybody has a massive marketing budget. So that might be something you're interested to. So stacytushel.com slash traffic. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being a guest on my show. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Kat. Thank you so much. This was so fun to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. I appreciate it again. If you uh, know someone who can benefit from this broadcast, please tag them and share this. And I will definitely share uh, Stacy's information and the link to the free book. That way you have it. And thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, as I always say, you got this until next time. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. 
I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.